0: Six people have appeared in court today, charged over allegations correction staff were bribed with cash and sex to take contraband into Wellington's Rimataka prison. Of the six, three men have been charged with accepting money to bring in contraband, while a 50-year-old man is accused of accepting sex from a 37-year-old woman. The woman is charged with bribery and the current Rimataka inmate is allegedly a party to offering the bribe. I spoke to Corrections Chief Custodial Officer Neil Beals to find out if this was an isolated issue or if there are more skeletons in the closet.
1: Oh, well, in terms of this investigation, which has been going on for an exceptionally long time, I'm not aware of any other um, charges that are going to be followed. However, um, you know, the police have been doing their investigations the way they should. Now, we've supported them all the way and worked with them uh, very closely. Uh, but, you know, what they do in terms of ongoing investigations will be entirely up to them. If they come back to us and say they want to look at uh, some other facets that have come uh, to, to light during these investigations, we will cooperate them uh, cooperate with them as we have done already. I would like to think that hopefully, you know, once all of this is resolved, it will put a lid on what has been going on for you know, quite some time, and it, it will resolve a lot of issues for the vast majority at Rimataka who have had zero involvement with this and just want to uh, get on with their jobs. Um, and it will be it will be good for them to be able to, to finally um, have this all laid to rest. But what it does do, of course, is it gives us um, pause to uh, reflect on what lessons we need to learn from this once the once the court cases and the charges have progressed the way that they will do. You know, we need to take lessons from this to see what improvements and what uh, strengths uh, we can add to uh, to prevent similar recurrences.
0: What are some of those lessons at the moment?
1: Well, right now, you know, I think uh, one of the things that we need to do is make sure that staff have the ability, and I'm talking about all staff here, you know, if if they feel that something is not right, if their colleagues um, appear to be behaving in a, in a way that, um, you know, is not professional or perhaps even criminal, then they need to feel safe and secure that they can raise these things uh, to the department in the proper way, and something will get done about it. Did that you know? happen
0: in this case? Were people raising concerns and it was getting ignored?
1: Well, part of the, part of the information that we have from staff here is that you know they've tried to raise these things in the past, um, and and it's not been taken up in the way that it should. We need to make sure that if that is the case, if staff have raised these issues before. Then we need to have a very, very solid and robust me- methodology for these things to be investigated properly and quickly. Because the longer it runs on, the less and, and nothing's done about it. Of course, the less faith staff have um, that something will be done about it. So they, in, in the end, they stop telling us, uh, and they may even try and take things into their own hands. We don't want that. We want we want a system that works for all. Uh, and the most thing, you know, the, the most important thing here is we want a system that completely uh, rejects the, the option that if somebody thinks they can come in and compromise our systems, take advantage of the people that we work with who are very often vulnerable, uh, but indeed criminal, and they want to take advantage of that, then we have a system which will catch them and stop them. That's what we want to improve upon.
0: Is such a system not in place at the moment then?
1: Uh, to a very large degree it is, but I think what we've got to put into context here is Now, right now, today, we've got 9,000 prisoners in 18 jails around the country, one of them being private. And we have about 30,000 people in the community that we work with. um, And we have 10,000 staff who do all of that. So that's a lot of moving parts. uh, And there's a lot of movement in and around prisons um, that take place every single day. And no matter what, what prison you work in, in what part of the world, there are always going to be vulnerabilities because it's not a perfect system. If you have somebody who is looking for those vulnerabilities to exploit them and we don't have good measures in place to actually either report or catch, uh, then issues like this are more likely to happen. So we are constantly reviewing our processes, you know, looking at upgrading um, our electronic um, monitoring, our CCTV making sure that we've got good searching processes in place at our jails, you know, where we've got x-ray machines, making sure that we stick rigorously to, to our processes. You know, nobody comes into a prison without being properly searched. Uh, but again, you know, the items that can come in can be small, you know, small quantities of drugs or large I- items like cell phones or, or even bigger.
0: What were the items in this case, Neil?
1: I don't know all of them, to be honest, because I'm not directly involved with the police investigation. I've been purposely kept aside because I may may need to come in um, as the second part of this when we look at the recommendations. But my understanding is um, it ranges from contraband such as drugs, tobacco and cell phones, etc. You know, none of those are acceptable to us in prison because any kind of contraband coming into prison that forms a black market creates um, an unsafe environment for all. Because it creates um, a it's dangerous because it, particularly if it's drugs, uh, it creates a black market environment it creates violence, it creates an unsafe uh, place for people to be whether you're a prisoner or a member of staff, and ultimately you know we we end up failing in our duty to protect the public and we cannot afford to do that
0: given all that, do you have confidence in management at the prison?
1: I absolutely do look, I want to be really clear here even the pre- even the previous uh, prison director. Um, was doing a hell of a lot of work to try and raise standards and, and make sure that their staff were following those processes to the letter. Um, when she moved to another prison, obviously we've, uh, we, we had a new prison director coming in who has continued to do that and build on that. He is
0: but you've said your big... concerns were raised and they weren't acted on, so whose responsibility is that?
1: Well, that's what that's what the staff are telling us. So part of part of our ongoing investigations is to explore further into that as to so who did they tell and at what time. So we need to we need to dig into that. But of course, you know, I, I know for a, for a fact that the previous prison director, if she was aware of these things, you know, she was raising them to the right place. But of course, when you've got a lot of people in a prison, they might they may believe that they've told the right person. But if that person isn't isn't willing to take action or doesn't have the delegation to take action and nothing gets done then that's where it ends. We need people to feel they can go right to the top if they need be. You know, and and they, you need to have open communication and not have systems that are so closed off that people feel unwilling or scared to raise issues. And this is probably not um, uncommon in large organizations right across the country, whether it's a hospital or whether it's the police, whether it's the school or the defense force. You know, when people feel the need to raise issues, uh, particularly when they're concerned about a colleague, it does create some challenges and it does create some tensions in the workplace. We need people to believe that they can do that safely and that they will be heard and things will be acted upon.